sorry, you guys. I apologize for the delay, but thank you again for tuning in to the Lampost Show podcast. I am Tina Lampost, digital content creator, entrepreneur, and your host. The Lampost Show podcast is a platform where the good, the bad, and the ugly of long-distance relationships and intercultural marriages can between American women and men from the continent of Africa can openly and truthfully be discussed. Tonight on the show with us, we have Ms. Tracy, Tracy Langat, <laughs> and Tracy is going to share her unfortunate experience she'd had being married to a man from Kenya. So, Miss Tracy, if you will, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Tracy Langat, and I wanted to thank everyone for joining tonight and for Ms. Lampo. I mean, it's such an awesome privilege to be here to be able to share just this little tidbit of my life as I consider myself a Kenyan now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm well-versed and well-experienced. So yeah, so I'm just this little old woman that married this uh, Kenyan guy. And um, you said that it was an unfortunate experience, but I, I, I take it as a and oh, learn. <laughs> okay. So yeah, positive, positive things. I can help other women now. <laughs> okay. And that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this interview. So Miss Tracy, can you go ahead and tell us how you met your ex Kenyan husband? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as I said, it was a privilege. It's a privilege just to be able to share because I'm going to mm-hmm. share a side that maybe not a lot of people even contemplate. And so we know we have people that are religious and some that are non-religious. And so I am a Seventh-day Adventist. And so I was so big on, you know, looking for a man that was in the church and (laughs) one that could be my helpmeet and all those wonderful things. And so Mm -hmm. East Africans are a little slight different than the West Africans. And so East Africans are very um, humble people in, in a sense. And so their whole focus is not about coming to America because they love being in Africa, even though there's a lot of suffering and what going on. So their whole thing is money. And so I had a passion back then. I was raising um, four children and I had a passion back then, not only to be remarried to a man that I felt that I was being led to be with, to build me up, to, mm-hmm. to, to come together, but I had a passion to go and be a missionary there. And so I was searching out and searching out and, um, and I, and I was on this doctrinal group and a guy posted up a, a link or yeah, uh, kind of like a, just a post. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, is this the man uh, that I'm looking for? And is he a part of this particular ministry? And I simply said, yes, I hosted that pastor in my house. And I'm, and, and I can't tell you that I believe from that point on, I believe he stopped my profile because the minute I said yes and I responded, he uh, sent me a friend request maybe a couple of days later after that. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the conversation began. We just started off just casual conversating back and forth. And he was telling me that he has an orphanage and there's about 25 children there. That's another thing that's big and common in mm-hmm. over, overseas is that they have orphanages and whatnot. And so by, by, by that time, my children were growing up and I was trying to teach them money and, and how to be missionaries in foreign countries. And so we had like a little kitty 
uh, where we put like monies and stuff in it. And so every time they would get their little allowances, they would put little money in it here and there. And so we had saved up, we, we thought we were doing something. We had saved up like $12. <laughs> and we felt like, wow, we're gonna give this away to some orphan over in Africa somewhere. And so we talked about it and we sat on as a family and here this guy comes and he comes to quote, answer our prayers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he, we, we told him we got $12. And he says, that's not enough. <laughs> we were like, wait a minute. Our money here in America goes far over there. <laughs> so he says, well, wait, let me explain it. <laughs> he said, the money that's just going to cost you to send is going to be far more than what it costs you uh, to raise, you know, that little $12. And so I did a little bit of research and found out, yes, it's about $14 to send it through Western Union money gram. So he said, well, why don't you wait till you get about $100? <laughs> and so we did when we got $100, then we were able to send that. And then we were like, yay, 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 you know, so, so that's how our, our relationship began. And then uh, we continued to talk and talk. And by November, he was having one of our pastor friends come over and do kind of like this, uh, this, this, um, I guess they call it a revival type thing. Mm-hmm. And so he came over there and he was over there about two weeks. And, and during this time, um, he said, uh, the guy tells me, he says, well, I call him the creature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the creature. <laughs> and so I said, I said to him, I said, um, you no, know, he comes and he tells me, he says, you know, uh, the guy came over, the pastor came over and he, he wants to, uh, you know, set up shop or whatever. And he says, but I've been sick. Mm. And he says, I've been suffering with uh, malaria. And as soon as I get better, I'll come back and we'll talk. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, no problem. So time went on, a couple of weeks went on and he was back and forth here and there. And then he tells me at some point, he says, mm. he said, it seems as though we love each other and yet we don't talk about it. Hmm. It's like, okay, okay, maybe this is the man. Yeah, he's talking good talk, you know? And so I said, well, let's continue to talk. Let's continue to get to know each other. And so we talked about like our goals and what we wanted. And so I had decided that once I got all of my children grown, that I would go over and open up a orphanage and I would do some homeschooling and and whatnot. And so he, so I, gave him this idea and he says yeah that'll fit right into the orphanage work and I was like yes and so around about January um this is once he had already gotten better in November and and the the pastor had come there and done his little crusade or whatever and so in January he says well how about you come on over here to Kenya and I was Mm -hmm. just like "Ooh, really are you kidding me (laughs) and he says yeah he says some lady who was in her 80s she came here and I know you're strong because I think I was in like my 42, 43-ish. And, he, and I said, yeah. He said, well, you're strong and you should be able to tolerate that, that, that flight. And I said, well, how long is the flight? <laughs> and he said, 36 hours. I was like, what? Wow. No. Ooh, <laughs> Impossible. <that's> three days. <laughs> exactly. And Ooh. so since I live, uh, you know, the furthest on the, the, the American continent, he's the furthest on the African continent. So there it's like a 12 different, 12 hours difference. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, maybe, you know, I thought about it, but I didn't give him my confirmation or anything. So I said, well, let's, let's continue to talk and, you know, and pray or whatever. And so we did, and we started reading through some, some books, you know, on good counsel and whatnot. And then about March sometime, 
I, I started settling into the idea, okay, yes, you know, I wanted to marry this pastor and he was supposedly an evangelist and do wonderful, great work and whatnot and help these, these orphans and whatnot. And so, um, so then after March came around and I started considering it, then I started saying, okay, well, where do I start? And I said, oh, I don't even have a passport. <laughs> so my son told me, mom, I'm going to file taxes this year. How about I, you know, claim you part the year and then that'll give me some extra money and then it'll help with your passport. And I was mm -hmm. like, cool. So we did that. We progressed and we got that passport thing going. It was supposed to come back literally in, I believe it was two months. They gave us two months to for the passport to came back. It came back in 19 days. <laughs> so I was just like, whoa, you know, so things was going on. Then I had my little bucket list of things that I wanted to happen. I mean, I, by me living in the mountains, I had to get wood for that year. I had to, because we burned wood for heating. I needed to find a place for my little dog to go. It was just a list of things that I was opening or asking for the doors mm -hmm. to be open. We got all the way down. And the last final thing was, so all those, all those things that I had been, you know, wishing and hoping that would happen, they did. Mm -hmm. So we got down to the last thing, which was my dog. So my neighbor, um, our houses are very far apart where I live. And so my neighbor had heard that I wanted someone to keep my little dog. And so she called me and she says, I heard you've been wanting someone to keep your little dog. And I said, yeah, she says, I'll do it. So I was like, wow, you know, everything that I wanted had come, come to pass and now it was time to plan my trip. And so I decided that I wanted to take uh, two luggage on the plane and two in, under the bottom of the plane. And if that could be worked out, you know, it was a done deal. Well, guess what? It worked out. Wow. <laughs> done deal. I was ready to go. I booked my ticket and boom, I flew there and I got there. I believe it was November the 3rd. And as I got there and learned the community, and I'm a natural smiler. I smile everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. But Kenya, they don't smile so much. They keep this very somber, straightforward face. And so as I would smile and go along into the village, people would look at me as strange, like, what was so funny, you know? And I'm just smiling ear to ear and just looking all around. And then whenever I would speak, they would make fun of me. They would laugh and I would become so hurt. And I would say, well, guy, what, what's going on? You know, what, what's wrong with these people? Why are they laughing at me? And he says, oh, don't worry about them. And so I saw one lady that used to work for him in his orphanage and she had the huge grin on her face. And I just knew I could connect with her. And from that point on, she was like, Trace, she was like, I see why he waited so long. He waited so long for someone as beautiful as you are. And I felt so good. And from that point on, it didn't matter, you know, if, if they smiled or not. Now, mind you, when I got home, I was able to cry it out because I felt so bad that I was doing all this smiling and nobody responded. But after that point, I remembered what she said. Don't worry about it. You just keep smiling. And I did. And so I, because I wanted a good marriage and a good life, I cleared my schedule. And for the next three months, I was living in Kenya. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so, so was there an age difference between you and him? There was. There was about six years difference. I was, like I said, I believe I was 42. And so he was about 36. Oh, okay. So it was about six years. Not too much of a, of a, of a gap, you know. I didn't want to go anything more than 
10 years. Because mm-hmm. once you get into 10 years, you know, a lot of things take place in 10 years. So 10 years, six years was, was our age band, uh, age span between the two of us. Okay. And so we, I just stayed there. I learned the culture. I learned how to cook and we were both vegan vegetarians. So the food I learned how to cook. I mean, he would teach me uh, little things here and there, but because I'm accustomed to cooking, I could convert it from whatever to whatever, you know? And so I, I managed to do that. It was a wonderful experience. There were some up and downs with, you know, uh, marriage, you know, when you first um, get with someone, we all get so in love with the thought of marriage, but once you get into the same house, they say, you never know someone until you get in the house with them. <laughs> and you, and you truly don't know them then you could be with somebody for years and still not know that true person. Exactly, exactly. It happened to me in my last marriage. So yep, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so there were things. So before I even went, you know, and I can't stress this enough, try to learn as much of the culture that you can before you go there. And, 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 and it, it helps you because it's a cultural shock, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I tell people this all the time, Americans are all the same because we all come from that, that same generalized culture. Mm-hmm. Africans are all the same. They all come from that same generalized culture. Now, yes, there's different dynamics and different upbringings that make each cult, each tribe different over mm-hmm. there, but they, but they generally have the same mindset. So once you yes. get an African and dealt with an African, you tend to kind of know a generalized sense of their, of their mindset. And it's just to learn that individual, you know? So I, I encourage all the ladies, if you're in a relationship with an African, please get to know their culture before they get there. That way it's better on you and you can easily you know, be adaptable and moldable while you're there, you know? And so I learned that. So there were things culturally, like he didn't, he comes from a Kalenjin tribe. And so these are all things that he would tell me, which is, well, we don't see our wives naked because that's pornography. (laughs) And I'm just like, what? (laughs) How do you become intimate? (laughs) Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then he he felt like he couldn't French kiss or tongue kiss because it felt like ants was running on his mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> so whenever I would take a shower, which which is a bucket, you know, you fill up your bucket <laughs> and you step in there and then you just, they call them military showers. And you would wash yourself up. Well, I would forget my towel and I would say, honey, could you bring me a towel? <laughs> and he would walk in there and have the towel wow. <laughs> and I would say well you don't want to look at me and he would be like no I can't look <laughs> and so so he didn't do that you know and so so I would I would as much as possible get him used to it and after we got married he didn't come we stayed in a five-bedroom house okay and so he lived upstairs and I lived downstairs and so after we got married um, within a, within that week's time, I said, okay, at any point, he's going to come downstairs and move in with me. He did it. (laughs) He didn't even move into the room. He says, oh, well, we're only going to be together for procreation. I said, look, I can't have no children. And you know that. (laughs) So when will we procreate (laughs) or we won't procreate, but when, when will we become intimate? You know? And he says, well, I'll come to you in the middle of the night. Well, of course, after about a week of that, I got tired of that. And I said, you know what? You go to town 
because <laughs> we town was like four kilometers, which is about four miles. You go to town and guess what? While you're gone, give me the key to your bedroom. You moving in. <laughs> you moving in. So he gave me the key, you know, and when he came back, I had the bed pushed up against the wall and the room was cleared out and he and all his things was in my room. <laughs> wow. Like, it's okay. It's okay. And from that point on, we, we stayed in the room together. And so it was just things like that. But these were warning signs to me. They weren't warning signs back then. But now that I can look back and learn, they were red flags, truly, because mm-hmm. when you're married to someone, there shouldn't be this, 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 I can't see you, you know, because at some point you're going to run into each other. There shouldn't be this, I can't kiss you. You know, but these were all beginning signs, you know, not to mention when I got there, there was two children in the orphanage <laughs> and there should have been 25. You wow. know? So this is a, this is another way that they use to uh, pull the woman in. So know? were those his children? These two were not. They were um, in. So I'm, I'm not sure if all African countries are the same, but in, in Kenya, a lot of the street boys are which which means they may ha- may or may not have parents but they run the street mm-hmm. okay and they smoke um what do they call it uh, glue they sniff glue okay they sniff glue so just we don't we, here in 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 the US we don't uh use a lot of shoe glue because we just throw the shoes away over there they repair them so they put a little bit of the glue in the bottle in in any type of bottle and then they huff it. And so that makes them get high. Wow. And so a lot of the street kids there, while, while the children here in the U.S. might be doing, you know, crack or heroin or whatever, over there they do the glue. It's cheap, but it's very toxic. And so they get a high from it. And so these two boys were the two boys that he rescued from the streets. And so they were, um, I believe they were and over there, they don't do ages. They they based a lot of their names and ages on the time of year that it is and anything that was going on. So any holiday or whatever that would be going on, that's where they named themselves. And that's mm-hmm. how they remember their age. So I believe these boys were like maybe 15 and 17, somewhere around in that age gap. And so they were they were grown you know, almost, you know, because by 12, most children are pretty much independent in terms of, you know, caring for themselves. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, so, I mean, we even had a four-year-old that would wander to our, to the, to our home um, from the village. And she was four, but she was well able to hold a whole conversation with you as if she was an adult. And you mm-hmm. see a lot of babies with babies on their backs there too, as well. Wow. So, yeah, so, so he, um, so, so these were the only two there. And, but, but when I went, I took, um, the two, uh, luggages that I took were, were, I only took seven pairs of clothing for myself, the Mm -hmm. rest of these two luggages. And then the two carry-ons were filled up of stuff for the orphanage. I had contacted a bunch of agencies here that gave away, um, they call it the life straw. And -hmm. it's supposedly to, for, for good drinking water, you can drink it and it'll, uh, filter out the bacteria and the giardia and all the pesticides and whatever amoebas and everything else and so I had taken a lot of that stuff with me a lot of organizations that I was a part of here that I took all that stuff with me there and I was able to distribute it to the village children that were there so I did a lot of missionary work when I was there that particular okay year. now I want to go back to 
where you said he told you he couldn't see you naked as his wife. So did you two ever consummate your consummation? Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did. Well, from from the very night that we got married, we consummated that night, but there was no looking upon me. Okay. Wow. So whenever he would get up out of the bed or um after you know we had finished or whatever, it was rush to the bathroom, get dressed you know, with pajamas on, of course, which is just, you know, a pair of sweats and a shirt, you know, he would never lay eyes upon me, you know, shower wise, all of that. It would, it wasn't any looking upon me at all. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But like you said, (laughs) looking back now, you know, now that it was a red flag. And, and, and the interesting thing is, um, so I told him, one particular day when it, when it came to, you know, just sex and intimacy, um, I said to him, I said, he, he would be very, um, aggressive, but, uh, ignorant, uh, ignorant isn't, isn't the right word that I'm looking for. He would be, uh, just inexperienced. Okay. When it came to that, I mean, yes, he had a son. Now I find out those three children were her, were his, but one in particular that was a little bit older than a year old, maybe almost two. Um, so I knew he knew about sex and intercourse and, you know, and all of that, whatnot, but he would uh, be very, um, uh, very strange in his, in his uh, intimacy interest Mm-hmm. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, um, he didn't, he, he would act like he didn't know what to do. And when I would tell him and try to teach him and show him, he would become offended by it. You know, it was, well, I don't need you to show me that. And I'm just like, well, could you go over a little bit? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and so one day I remember saying, you know, that doesn't feel good, you know? that's not foreplay, you know? And he would say, okay, well, I'll get up. And and he did, jumped up and left, got dressed and went outside and started digging in the yard. What? But, 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 yeah, but he, but he, but he had this. Wait. <laughs> and he had this, and, and the funny thing, Miss Tina is, he, oh. he, he would peep, he would peep in, in the bedroom shutters okay in the window and look and have this smile smirk on his just this evil grin on his face like mm, I'm, I'm gonna make you wait you know and he knew he had left me hot and bothered <laughs> 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 and I would say wow you're gonna leave me well yeah I don't feel good so why not you know but <laughs> wow so yeah so I asked I approached him and I said you know do you regret this marriage you know and so he would say well, if it means that I don't have any peace, yeah. And oh my goodness, why did he say that? You know, I got furious. <laughs> I got so furious. And so eventually, so that day I said, you know what? Uh-uh. I've come all this way. I've come to see you. I've come to stabilize the marriage. I've set aside three months worth of, you know, of, 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 of my life back in America just to be here with you. And so he decided, I said, you know what? I need to go and get the elders, <laughs> get these elders, you know, cause they have the village elders that oversee all kinds of things. Mind you, his parents never showed up for the wedding. 
Wow. Another red flag. That's another red flag. His parents never showed up. And we had set a date um, a couple of times. And of course, I had the seamstress to do my dress and everything. And it wasn't ready. And so by the time it got ready, we had to set a date. And so when I asked him, I said, well, is mom and dad coming? And he says, oh, well, my mom, she has, she's sick. She has high blood pressure. And, um, and so he said, and, and that's, that, that's a big red flag. Now here in the U.S., no. But over there, yes, because the, that's a big occasion. Mm-hmm. And their son, who had never gotten, quote, married, you know, officially, is not coming to their own son's wedding. Okay. Right. But, but in my mind, I'm just like trying to compare it to the U.S., you know. And so so he said, well, no, she's sick. And I said, well, what about dad? And so he said, well, dad's away. And I said, away where? Just all of a sudden on our wedding day, dad's away. None of the siblings showed up. None of them. None of the family showed up. Big red flag. So we went and um, there was an elder from from, you know, from our church. He said, well, I will go. And so he did, he attended us and he even asked, son, where is your parents? And he mm-hmm. said, oh, my parents are sick. You know, they couldn't make it. And, and something should have connected to us that, hey, this is just not right, mm-hmm. you know? But we went on with it and we got the affidavits and all of the, the stuff, you know, you go to the, the, the courthouse or whatever and you did it. And we went on to the lake um, after the, that was kind of like our mini honeymoon was just going to lake onto the lake and, and get on the boat and have a nice boat ride and whatnot. And then we went back to the house. And, and of course I paraded throughout the town that, you know, I was Mrs., you know, but another red flag was they should, you should always make sure that you publicize it there. They have a bulletin. And so you go to, it would be for us, it would be our county clerk there. It would be where the, the registrar office. Mm-hmm. And you publicize so-and-so is getting married. That way, anybody that is part of that community, if they know that this person is married, they can see that board and they can contact you and, 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 and wherever um, you, the village where you are, the elder or the chief or whatever can also know and be able to be aware that there's a marriage taking place. And if he has a wife, guess what? He can't marry you. So that was something that I didn't know. I hope you ladies that are on here are listening (laughs) to what she's telling you and paying flags that she's giving out because Mm -hmm. I know there are some women that are experiencing this same thing and they probably thinking that's just the way he is. But this is not the first guest we've had on this show with these same red flags. So Mm y'all pay attention. Something else too. We don't think about this in um, in the U.S. because when we get married here, mom and dad is there on both sides. Okay, most of the time, dad of the bride will pay the wedding. That's in a traditional wedding. Well, over there, ladies get the bride price. Mm-hmm. Get the bride price. I did it. I said, "Oh well, thinking really, you know, based on all religion, I'm thinking, nope." no bride price but it's there no ma'am i wanted mine and i got it (laughs) get i don't care if it's cows horses (laughs) whatever it is the bride price because that in a sense is kind of like showing that i can take care of this woman and this is a legitimate thing 
You don't get the bride price. They have no ties to you. They have no commitment to you. You guys hear that? Their family is to come up with this bride price. So that way, not only is the man being held accountable, but the families are being held accountable. If they don't pay any bride price, you're just some woman, some floozy that they just done, you know, pretended to marry and whatnot. Get your bride price. Okay. <laughs> so, Miss Tracy, for the ones that who may not know what a bride price is, because all of our viewers are not women that are married to um, African men, can you kind of tell them what the bride price is? Well, the bride price is is kind of like um, it is a price that that the groom or the man would be paying to take this woman as his wife, and so it can consist of it can consist of animals, it can consist of uh, produce, fruits, and vegetables. It could consist of money, and in Kenya, it's shillings. And so a lot of times they will put a, a, an amount based on whether you are your age, um, whether you can have children, um, whether, uh, and, and that was another thing, I couldn't have children. So then I couldn't be given a bride price solely based on having children because I couldn't have any, okay? And he had had his, and at that time, I, I didn't know a whole lot about the warning flags about a man who is 36 years old and having to have a children. They want those boys. They want those sons, okay, to further their lineage. And so based on all of those factors, age, the ability to have children, they set a, an amount for you as your bride price. And this is the amount of money that the family is supposed to meet with your family, um, your preferably the men in your family but if the men are deceased then it'll be the brothers so it's the men in the family that they you know normally negotiate this price and you go back and forth and so based on the fa- my family could have said okay well I want you know 10 million dollars you know or I mean 10 million 10 million shillings or whatever you know um and based on that my brothers and my my husband's family at that time would set a price and they would pay the sum of this amount to my family mm-hmm. and so that's basically a bride price okay. so yeah so yeah so we 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 went and and you know did all of that when it came to um the marriage at the at, at the courthouse and, and and many people think that because you're having a court wedding that that you shouldn't get a bride price because it's a court wedding but even still you still get that bride price. Even if you have like a traditional and a court wedding, then at the traditional, you do the bride price. And then at the court wedding, you know, you pay whatever the court fees. Yes, say. because we had both traditional and a court. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so Miss Tracy, how does your kids feel? How did your kids feel about you being in that type of relationship? You know, my children, when, when we first started with the relationship, I am one that, I don't like to speak things before they happen. So I kept our relationship as a friend to my children. Mm-hmm. I wanted to introduce them to him, not so much as, quote, their father, but as a father or as a spiritual figure in their life. Mm-hmm. So I kept it quiet. Un- but but guess what? Our children are smart. <laughs> yep, so they're, they're very kinda- smart. They knew, they saw their mother talking to this gentleman, spending a, quite a bit of time on the phone. And so they were 
um, had mixed emotions about it. You know, they, they love my, my, I have three boys and one daughter. And so my boys are very protective of me. And so they wanted what was best for their mother Mm -hmm. and whatever made their mother happy, they were, um, willing to open their hearts. But once all of the, 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 the craziness, the crazy making happened, oh, they were like, mom, no, you shouldn't have done that. You know, but initially they were trying to keep an open mind about it. They they were. So let me go back to the wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. You said that the mom nor the dad showed up, none of the family. So did you ever get to talk to the mom and dad before you made it to Kenya? You know what? So around about that summer of um, 2013, I had, I had sent some photos because we had exchanged photos. We did a lot of Skyping back then. You know, that was the modern technology back then. So I had sent some photos of, of myself and my children because I wanted him, you know, in the immigration process, you know, you have to establish a bona fide relationship. And so I wanted him to know the names of all of my children, their ages, um, and then I introduced my mother to him at some point in that uh-huh. summer. Well, I told him, I said, bro, I said, I want to meet your parents. I said, bring them to the cyber and I want to meet them. And so he says, okay, I'll bring my father. So he brought his father and I got a chance to meet his dad before I even flew there. So once I got there um, in that November, I kept pushing that issue. Let me go and meet them in person. Let them see me so that if they have any questions about anything, they can be comfortable and they can ask me. Because remember, the whole goal is for you to come and join me here in America. Mm -hmm. And I want them to be comfortable enough to know that their son is being sent off with this strange person, but in good hands. So at some point, I believe it was a little bit before the marriage because I got married November the 19th. And so maybe around about between the 5th and the 10th, I requested, I said, well, you know what? If you won't take me to the village, I said, I'll call your sister. And I got a chance to meet his sister. And I said, and she was in town one day. And I said, and I'll have her meet me at the, at the Matatu, which is a, a bus. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, 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 we'll go. So he scheduled a day where we would go. And so we went there to the village. I got a chance to meet his sisters, uh, the, the, the grandchildren. I be, and I believe I met one of his brothers at the time. Mm-hmm. So I did get a chance to meet them. And so, so there is um, the thatch house or the mutt house, okay, which with, with the thatch roof. That is the house that the parents stay in. Okay, it's made of mud and they smear it with mud. Then there's a quote, quote timbered house, which is made of timber and it has the iron sheet roof. Mm-hmm. That is the old house, but that's where the girls slept, uh, his sisters. But then there's a little room that's in between the thatch house and the, the, the room where the girls slept that was considered the, 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 the living room, if you will. But it was the room where only the father ate. So they asked me to come and join them in this room. Now they wouldn't, the, the ladies wouldn't there with me. They ate in what they call is the kitchen, which is an mm-hmm. outer structure where they cook their food in an open fire. And that's where the ladies ate. 
the men ate in the father's room. And so I told him, I said, we're going to eat in your father's room. I said, I don't want to be somewhere where I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> and so he says, no, 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 no. You're the special guest. And so we sat there and we ate. And this was kind of like a meeting place. And we had to wait for the father to come home. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, the father came. He introduced himself to me. And, uh, and, and we sat and talked a, a minute. And things were great. Okay. Things were good. They, he gave me his blessing and everything. And so, but I, what I didn't know is he had told his father that I was the business wife. Okay. I was the business wife. And so, um, and I found that out. What did he mean by that? The business wife. Meaning he had this wife that he had this, these children by that was his wife, village wife. I was the business wife, which was. So hold on. Uh He has two wives. He had this one lady that he claimed wasn't his wife. It was just the mother of his children. But okay. it, was, it was, she was recognized as the wife because she had children by him. Okay. okay. Did you and ever then, meet her? Did you meet her? I did. I did. One day he, he asked me, um, he says, well, because when, when he told me, he says, would you like to see my son? You know, and he said, I said, well, is it your son? He says, well, the woman, she say, that's my son, but only the woman knows. And so I said, okay. He says, but would you like to see her or see him? I said, sure. So he says, okay, let's go. So one day we went to the, to the, to the town center and we were in an open market and he would introduce me to people, which is another red flag for me as his friend. This is my, Mm. not my fiance, my friend. And when I would ask him, he would say, there is no word in Kiswahili for fiance which is a lie. Okay. I'm learning Kiswahili now. And there is several words in Kiswahili, not only in Kiswahili, but in the Kalenjin language. And I'm learning both languages. So there's a word that describes my fiance. So he would introduce me as his friend. And so at the market, she was selling her little produce and whatnot. And he introduced me as his friend. And she just had this strange look, you know, on her face. She shook my hand, but it was kind of like, just like, the two finger handshake. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he asked her, well, where is the boy? And she says, well, he's at the house with the maid. And so he said, well, can we see him? And she says, yes, whenever you're ready. So that was the end of that, that, that we met. And that was the, the end of it. Well, another red flag uh, the day before our wedding, he came downstairs and he says, oh, we got to pray. And I'm like, well, what are we praying for? He says, well, <laughs> The lady wants to come and confront you. And I said, confront me for what? And he says, you know how women, they don't want to ever move on in their life and they just are stuck. So I said, okay, bring her on. (laughs) So she came and they sat in the living room and they talked. And he says, excuse us for a moment. Let me talk with her a moment. He says, go and prepare some food. And so that's a sign of hospitality. So here it is. She's the wife now. And I'm to me, she's not the wife. She's just the baby mama, you know? Mm-hmm. So I go in the kitchen and I'm preparing food and, and whatnot for all of us to eat together. <laughs> who, who does that? <laughs> and so I did. I went and prepared food. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the orphan boy that was there, he, he could understand some of the language, but they were speaking this other, their, their, their mother tongue. And so mm. he, they were from two different tribes though. So the ex, he spoke 
some of her tribe and she spoke some of his tribe so they could communicate with each other. And then Kiswahili is, com- is kind of like the common language there. Mm-hmm. And so they were conversing back and forth. And at some point, I guess whatever their agreement was, which, which now I know it was me be- getting back to the business wife, it was, she's going to go off to America. And when she goes off to America, she's going to send for me and I will go and look for money for us and for our family. So I'm the business wife. Okay. And so, so he did. Um, so he said, well, honey, I'm going to go and walk her to the stage. And he did. He walked her to the stage, which is just an area where all the motorbikes and the, 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 whatever the transportation mode you wanted to catch. And he did. And so he walked her there. Now, mind you, this is a day or two before our wedding. <laughs> and so, so he walked her there and he stayed a, a, a bit longer than what I, what I thought that he should have. And then eventually he came back. And so the orphan boy had said, mom, did you hear what he was saying? I said, no, what was he saying? He said, she was telling him that she would kill the kid, you know? And I said, really? <laughs> and he said, yeah. I was like, oh, she's not going to do that. You know, but that was her threat to him. You know, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, I got these kids. I will kill them, you know? Wow. And so he worked it out to, to you know, calm her and say, hey, she's going to go away. She's going to make the money for us. She's going to send for me. And I'll go there, make money and send it back to you here to take care of all of these children, you know? And so, so that was, our, you know, our second meeting, you know? And so when his father said, you know, that I was the business wife at that time, you know, he didn't say it at that point in time, but I found out later that that's what I was. And so when the father came, you know, at this meeting where it was the, his mother and the sister, sisters was there and we were eating together, I asked him, I said, aren't they going to join us? And so he says, yeah, they'll join us later. And so after we all finished eating, um, like, like most of us that go over there, what do we do? we take gifts for the family. And so <laughs> before, before Baby, I, I was the gift. Do you hear me? <laughs> I was the gift. I'm just being honest. Before I went, Miss Tina, I found out how many siblings he had, how many um, grandchildren there were, his mother and his father. And I took gifts, even the grandmother. Okay. Even the grandmother, I took gifts for them all. Something else I want to encourage the ladies to do is, this is what I did. Not that anybody told me, I just had the impression to do it. I made sure that he gave me every sibling that he had, all of his siblings' names, and their identity card, whatever country identity number that they have that's on kind of like like it would be our ID card. I wanted their identity number just in case something would happen to me. You know, mm-hmm. I had their names, their identity cards, their birth dates and where they lived in the villages. OK, I don't even they don't have addresses over there, but they have blank village here, blank village there. So I wanted their general locality and I made sure that I put that on a, on a, on a piece of paper and whatnot, even down to his mother and his father's name and their identity cards. So that's yes, the was- ladies. The ladies need to make sure that they enroll in the step program, too when going over there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. You can do that through that, through the immigration website. So I did all of that just as a precaution for my own safety, you know? And so, and then once we, once I gave the gifts and I went to see the grandmother and met her, you know, 
and it was just now it was just a matter of just going now and so okay. we went there and we tied the knot and we went before the registrar and um, we signed all the, the paperwork and whatnot and we were married and then after we got married the phone call started wow and every night at about 12 p.m or 12 a.m at night she would call Oh, Junior needs this. And oh, Junior's running a fever. And I'm just like, why would she be calling at this time of night, every night? To make sure that man ain't looking at you naked. <laughs> <laughs> every night. And I would say to him, what could she possibly want? And it was, oh, the boy is sick. And oh, the boy needs this. And I'm just like, well, why can't she call in the daytime? You know? Mm-hmm. And this went on and on and on and on. And so, so that so that so after that that intimacy encounter sexual encounter that we had that one particular time and he was peeping through the window and I asked him that question and I said I got to get these elders involved I got the elders involved and no I told him I said you know what I'm going to go take a bath you run my bath water you arrange for the motorbike man to come and pick me up I'm going so he did he he did all those things and except for the range of the motorbike man, but he ran the bath water. I went in there to take my bath. And when I came out, he was gone. He disappeared. <laughs> and when I asked the orphan boy, I said, where is he gone? And so he says, oh, I don't know, maybe to town. And sure enough, he had went to town. So the elders called me and they said, well, we'll come to you. So they came to the house. We all sat and met and we waited for two, three hours. He never showed up and within that two or three hour time frame. Well, as they began to pack up and begin to leave, he popped up. <laughs> so this- Tracy, let me ask you this. <laughs> How long did you communicate with this man before you moved to Kenya where he was and stayed for a three year, months? A year and a half. Okay. And see, these these men are patient. They're very patient to they get are. what they want. They are. They mm-hmm. are. If I had it to do all over again, I, I admire some of the ladies because they say that they um, go and make several trips. I thought at the time that that I was going to lose him. You know, but somehow. you know what? It doesn't matter if you go over there and marry on the first visit, the second or the 10th or 12th visit. If somebody <laughs> has bad intentions towards you, yep. that's what it's going to be. It doesn't exactly. matter. So that's why I don't like when they say, well, oh, don't get married on the first visit. Mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. married when you want to, sis. Because <laughs> if that man's intentions is to scam you, it's going to happen mm-hmm. anyway. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. It's true. It's true. I just, you know, wish not not just for the marriage, but just just because I wanted to do more things mm-hmm. there. You know, I, I wanted to go more than once. And another thing is he kept me in the village. Whenever I wanted to go somewhere where he was well known, there would always be an excuse. Wow. And, and now I know that that is a red flag. Now you need to go to their families, go to, if they're in church, go to their churches. If they work, go to their jobs. He never had a job when he was there. In his whole 36 years of life, never had a job. His job was coming to the cyber and contacting people on Facebook, where he's still at contacting people now to get them to hear his his plea and his cause. Mm-hmm. And what is it? Those orphans. And guess what? 
when you ask the question about whether or not the orphans were, were real orphans, two of them were. The other ones were his children. Wow. <laughs> he had intermixed some children as well as. So have you ever heard that in Africa, they um, pay people to be their family members for when they need them? Wait, sis, let me, let me sit back a little bit. You just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I found out many years after that, that he would go in and pay the children to come to the orphanage on the days that the American would come from America. Wow. To see the orphanage. Are y'all ladies listening <laughs> to this? And please share this live out. Please share it out. Wait. And the wife, the wife would be serving the food. She knew that the, the home that we were in, he had arranged that he, he wasn't living in that home when we were communicating. But the month, the two months before I got there, he got, he knew the owner of that house. He got that house secured. It was a five bedroom house. He got that, that house secured, got furniture, furnished the house. But guess what? When I went back and looked at the previous pictures from the years before, he had known her 10 years before. Mm. All those years, I saw pictures of her serving food to the neighborhood children. So this is a racket that they did. They would, she would be the wife for the American to come. They would gather children from the village along with the street boys and bring them to the house. And they would stay in the house you know, and live in the house for days or a week or whatever. And they would be operating it as if it was an orphanage and Mm. she would be cook and the wife and he would be the husband. And so she knew the layout of the house because the day that he said, well, let's pray. You know, she came and knocked on the bedroom door. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. The exact bedroom door (laughs) out of five doors. Now she knew the exact door. She knocked on the door. Wow. <laughs> she knew the compounds and every didn't didn't stay at the gate, came into the house to the bedroom door. Knock knock. You know, come on out of here. Let, let me talk with y'all in whatever language she was talking. <laughs> so Tracy, did you send him money before you went to see him and stay over there for three months? I did because remember he had this orphanage and I okay. felt for the orphans. Mm-hmm. So it what I didn't begin to send him personally money until after the wedding because now mm-hmm. I'm like he's my husband, he's falling on hard times. We all know that 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 they struggle, you know, to come up with money there. But prior to that, I would send little donations here and mm-hmm. there, little tithe money here and there that I would get that I felt for the children. And guess what? He would snap pictures of the kids eating, the Christmas gifts that he would give them and all sorts of other things. Not only that, he would have the children come and pay them or buy them little paraffin, which is candle wax to light their homes. Mm -hmm. And he would pay them some shillings here and there to clean up the compound, to help plant the vegetables. You know, I mean, they, it was a whole big thing whole big thing you know and so this is what he did you know and this is what he did for a living (laughs) that was his his way to make money and he would pinch off some for him you know some for him and he would contact different organizations different ministries he'd be all over just contacting people so when you left from over there how long did it take you to file for him through immigration so when I, I left 
of February. Yep, February 3rd. Okay. That's my birthday. Hey. (laughs) When I left and came back to America, my eldest son, again, that goes back to if my children was accepting of it. My son, when I came back home, he says, Mom, I know how important this is for you. He says, and I've raised the filing fees for you to file for your husband to get here. So guess what? It was just a matter of me collecting all the the, the pictures and the affidavits because I got three affidavits from three guys over there that it was his father and two other of his friends. And then I got three people here, affidavits with their pictures and whatnot. So by March 15th, paperwork was in. Mm. Okay, paperwork was in. Didn't so with you experiencing all of that being over there with him, you still came back and filed the paperwork? I still came back because the, the I was going to say that the day that the elders came to the house and he showed up, he told the elders, I'm so sorry for, for what I said to my wife. You know, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little nervous. Oh, now you're the wife and not the business wife. Yes, this is a new experience for me. You know, it'll never happen again. So he reeled everybody in, you know, and 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 he began to put on that that face, that mm-hmm. that good behavior face, you know. And 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 I kept progressing, you know, kept progressing. So there was no I didn't feel, even though I felt in my gut, ladies, I've heard you on your show so many times, the ladies say, women's intuition or listening to your gut. It's not going to lead you wrong. If you don't listen to your gut, ladies, you're going to be steered wrong every single time. Mm -hmm. Listen to that gut. That gut is right on target with, with what, what, with what it's feeling, you know? And so, so when I came back, you know, I felt a little nervous I, I would call it you know about filing because of the new experience to bring someone here but guess what I said okay I've already married boom I've done it and I filed you know and and that particular year things progressed really quick you know during that year even though there was delays and delays you know and 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 you know immigration is so backlogged so that's the better word for it is backlog even with all the backlog that year or the year 2013 yeah, 2013, there was a bombing that happened at the uh, the mall and at the airport. And because of that bombing, I was able to expedite. Mm-hmm. And so my NOA, it came right away. Okay? Wow. It, came, it came within one to two months. It, it, you know, let me cut it down. Let's just say it came within a month's time. Wow. The NOA too, which is kind of the longer of the two, uh-huh. that thing came back within four months. Wow. And, and wait a minute, which is inclusive of the one month that it took for the NOA one. So just say three, within three months, we had gone through NOA one, NOA two, on to NVC. Hmm. I mean, things was just moving quick, you know, and, and, and all throughout the, the, the process, there would be these times where he would say, Oh my goodness! What am I going to do in America? What, am, what, 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 you know? Wh- why am I going? You know? And I remember one time, one day we were cooking chapatis, which is like flour tortillas, and he bent over to flip the chapati, and he looked up at me and he says, "I can't leave my son." Now this is the the boy that he said he didn't know for sure was his or not, and only the woman knew. He says, "I don't, I can't leave my son," and I said, "Wait a minute, he's your son now." I said, he says, yes. I said, 
really? He says, I'm 99% sure. So it went wow. from, only, yes, it went from only the woman knowing to now him being 99% sure. So during the immigration process of all of the, I call them windows opening up, mm-hmm. you know, with NBC and all those different things, there would be these times, every time we would get an approval, he would say, oh my goodness, what am I going to do in America? What am I coming to do? And am I, am I, am I coming to, to work or? are you are you sure this is a good move we're making are you sure you know and I would be like calm down everything's gonna be okay so it was more or less me putting forth more of the effort and energy into the into the relationship with calming him and he should have been the one that was like I'm going to America I'm gonna be working I'm gonna be with my wife you know it wasn't it was him backpedaling backpedaling you know and and me trying to encourage 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 and so, you know, once you've been through this journey for a year, you're at that point when you get to like the, the time for them to go to the embassy for that interview, mm-hmm. you're, you're so tired and worn out and gray haired out <laughs> that you're like, Lord, you know, <laughs> help me, you know, and you about ready, you know, you about ready to kill somebody, you know, right. <laughs> they lose your paperwork they 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 get you because you didn't sign one form mm-hmm. or you know it's always something in the immigration process you know and so in january we got approved so he went to the embassy okay went and i and i and i i schooled him i sent him a folder with all of our chats and and i filed all this paperwork myself all of our chats from every social site whether it was WhatsApp, whether it was Skype, whether it was Facebook, I went back and retraced all of that. Photos, mm-hmm. birth certificates, um, you know, every everything I could think of that I could put together and I made a folder. And then I would go and get questionnaires of, of past people that had gone through the process. And I would tell them, okay, what's my mother's name? What's my mother? What does she do? You know, what does... Uh, um, what is my last name? What is my maiden name? I mean, mm-hmm. I really wanted him to be well-versed on everything. So that way, if the COS saw something in their, in our paperwork that, sh- that he or she would think that he would know, he would know it. I made sure he mm-hmm. knew that paperwork in and out, up and down, backwards, forwards, okay? So the day, it was the end of January. He went to the, 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 the meeting. We both were nervous. He came out, he came out and he said to me, I want to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, you're abusive to me. What? You're abusive to me. You've abused me. And I I said, just like you said just now, what? And I said, what the devil is you talking about? (laughs) He didn't want to abuse (laughs) mentally, (laughs) spiritually, emotionally. Girl. And he said, well, when I went to the immigration and at the interview, they gave me a paper and the paper says, if you get to America and your spouse uh, uh, abuses you, you can call this. I'm glad you said that because I be telling these women, as soon as these men get approved at these interviews, the first thing they give them is a pamphlet on abuse. They do. They do. They do. And so 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 he get so he told me that and i said when do i abuse you he said you verbally abuse me you say things to me that hurt and i said wait a minute 
He, he already said, trying to find a way out. He ain't left the, uh, immigration good. Come on now. Come on now. And I said to him, I said, don't you say stuff to me that hurts sometimes. I said, hurt people hurt people sometimes. I said, get over it. I'm sorry. You sorry. Let's move on from here. But this was a way that he was already looking for an excuse and a way. And so I asked him the question. I said, okay, so mm-hmm. this is what you plan on doing to me? You plan on doing this to me when you come to me? Oh, no, 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 no. I was just telling you what they told me. So right then and there, it was planting a seed in his mind already. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, okay, fine. So we, we, we were able to squash that. Okay. And move on. And so now it was time for me to get him his plane ticket. And so I was so tired and exhausted, you know, and, you know, and it was at a time of year where it was snowing here mm-hmm. and, and I was, and I was ready. I was sliding down the mountain on, you know, on tires, you know, in ice and whatnot. And I was just like, man, I want some help. You know, this is my husband. He can be here, you know, he can get settled and whatnot. And so I went looking for a plane ticket and I wanted him to be here for, you know, for Valentine's day. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to tell me that, no, you know, I'm not ready to come yet. I need to say goodbye. I said, you done had a whole year. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, who else are you going to speak to? <laughs> and then my, I need to settle my property, you know? And you know, when you come there, like, like most women, when we get there, we, we buy them things because we see how they look, you know? And so we want nothing more than to see them that don't look a little nice you know and so i had bought well i don't know because my husband honey he was up to date with his fashion (laughs) before i even met him so you know so he had a couple of pair of pants you know he looked nice but but there were some things that i wanted to see him in you Mm -hmm. know and when 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 they guess what when they come here what do they do they leave all of that behind and cope with the clothes on their back (laughs) and i'm just like wait a minute yep what do you mean your property? Leave that property there for somebody else and just get yourself on the plane and let's go, you know? And so he made me wait, you know? And, and it was so funny because as I was looking and searching and, and just kind of praying about the days and whatnot, you know, a man, another warning flag, ladies, a man had contacted me, just found, he had given him my name and told him that he was in Oregon. And the guy had been supporting his ministry for years. Hmm. And so he told him, he said, um, he said, uh, he gave me your phone number and told me that he was going to go and stay with a family member, not his wife, but a family member. And I wanted to make sure that I could be able to still reach him. And he says, so I'm just letting you know that. And I was just like, he didn't tell you his wife. And he says, no. I said, well, guess what? I am Mrs. Lungat. I am the wife. And he was like, oh, then, then. You know, you would have think that that would have, you know, rung something in my mind, but he came up with another excuse, you know? And now that I know about narcissism, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how they engage in conversation. And so I progressed on, brought him here, you know, and he was here about seven days. And my ex, I, I, I was married previously and my ex-husband wanted to congratulate him and on the marriage and whatnot. So he asked to speak to him. So mm-hmm. he spoke to him. And after he spoke to him, my then husband sat on the bed to me some hours. Later. He would come and s- sit in the car all day, not in the house. He would sit in the car. And then he would tell me things like, you can't call me by my first name. 
I said, well, what am I supposed to call you? He said, you just speak into the air. I said, do you know how many people in this house? And if I speak into the air, everybody gonna know I'm talking to them, think I'm talking to them. And so he would tell me these things. I said, well, when did this happen? I said, I came there. I saw the culture. I've been calling you by your first name all this time. When did this happen? He was like, well, my father doesn't call my mother by her. My mother does not call my father by his name. So I said, okay, no big deal. So he sat on the bed and he looked at me and he says, this is not my family. This is not, you're not my wife. Those are Mm. not children. And this is not my home. Wow. After seven days, he packed up his bag, which was a box, got a paper, a, a cardboard box, put his things in there, wrapped it up with twine and started hitchhiking down the road. Up in the mountains. Did he come back? <laughs> he was gone for seven days. No, sorry, two weeks. And then he came back. And then he called, he says to me, you sponsored me. You're responsible for me to get back to you. And now you need to pay for me to come back there. Do y'all hear this? Are y'all listening to this? Mm-hmm. He did. He did. He hitchhiked his way away from me now, all the way to another state, to the next state over. <laughs> and I live on the border you know, of states, bordering states. And he hitchhiked all the way to that state, did whatever he wanted to do, told my neighbors, mind you, told my neighbors that I starved him for 24 hours and chased him from my home. Mm-mm. And they paid for him a, a hotel. They paid for him a bus ticket and bought him a cell phone to the city because I'm two hours from the, from the nearest city. And wow. this is what he did after seven days. He came back, but it was this constant thing back and forth. He would come back. And whenever he would get mad at something that I said, boom, he'd be gone. Boom. Nice. And, I, and mind you, I introduced him to a lady here who had brought her Ghanaian husband here who had scammed her. I introduced him to her when he first came. Guess where he hitchhiked back to? Her place. <laughs> her place. Yes. He hitchhiked Wait a back minute. To- Mm-hmm. and went and stayed with, and she hit him out I sent the police there I made a police report because you know we're responsible for them and I didn't want something to happen to him mm-hmm. and he was underneath my watch you know so yep. I made a police report just to cover myself mm-hmm. something else that I want to point out to the ladies please public records in your police stations is public record you can see when your husband comes here and files a report against you a lot of women don't know that but they can go down to the police station, file a report. That and it'd be a lie them, the whole time. And it'd be a lie. And what they're doing is they're building a case. So that mm-hmm. way, when it's time for them to remove their conditions, they'll have a case built up. And so I went to the police station to see if there was any public records of anything that he had done. He wasn't smart enough to do that. But some of these men come here with a connection and with a a, a rally of friends Mm -hmm. and they school them on this behavior. And so we women don't realize it. But ladies, I'm telling you, do the research, go and check and make sure these men haven't made any reports against you. It's public records. They have to give you the information and then you'll know, you know, what he's up to. And then I didn't file our marriage certificate here locally. And that kind of saved me from having to file for a divorce. It wasn't here filed. And so it's only filed over in Kenya. And so I don't, I'm kind of free. I wrote an affidavit to the department over there, freeing us from the marriage. And that's how I am divorced from this guy. But, you know, there, there's, we don't even have enough hours in the day. And I have 
dealing been dealing with you know so let African me ask dream. you is he still in america no he he decided during that back and forth uh-huh. he was here he was here about eight months and decided that he couldn't take it anymore and he oh, flew okay. back he flew so, you back know, that released you from being responsible for him wait he flew back there and stayed there two weeks and decided that he wanted to come back. Oh, wow. To make a long story short, he came, he, he was right. Ra- he raised, you know, about $400. I, well, in jet in February, he had told me about some lady that he had, um, connected with. And so this lady said, I want to send for your husband to come back. She paid the ticket for him. Wow. I sent him the ticket in February to come back that following February and he was supposed to come back. He told me he was coming, but that Monday that he was supposed to return, he told me he, he didn't get on the plane. So he said, now you have to pay the ticket to the woman. Wow. Exactly. But then few months later, he came up with $400. I added 300 to it and brought him back. He came back. He was good for about, about, to a couple months or so. And then he started with that behavior, the gaslighting, the, the word salad, the, the point of the blame, the character assassination and whatnot, you know? And I mean, and it just kind of spiraled, you know, from there. And then eventually in 2017, I found out that he, um, or, or he had assaulted, I had put him out because I was tired of the abuse, you know? And, and, and during this time that I put him out, he contacted me and said, oh, you know, I need to talk to you. Something has happened. And I said, what could it be now? I'm done, you know? And he says, well, I'm sorry, you know, it's been an adjustment for me in America. You know, I love you. I know it's my fault, you know, that whole game. And so once he uh, started with that again- Girl, he, he was a certified con artist. Certified con artist and me being the because sound like he was conning you from the very beginning of this, like from the from the very beginning, Miss Tina. And so I took him back. Well, when he told me that, he said the police has been into my house because he was able to con an, an an agency here to put him up in a house, pay his rent, and everything. Wow. Okay. I mean, got food stamps, but didn't qualify for it. Got cash aid, but didn't qualify for it. Got medical and went to the hospital, racked up a $3,000 bill and a $700 ambulance bill and told them I'm the sponsor, so charge it to me. And they contacted me, okay? And told me that, that all of his electricity bill, everything was in my name. You know, he did all of it. His house, everything was in my name. So at the time, he tells me that the police came to his house and wanted to question him. And now he's being charged with uh, assault in the fourth degree with sexual motivation. The what? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know, he said, um, it was a white woman. And you told me to stay away from them white women. And I didn't listen. So can I please come back home? And so we went to court. And the court, we went back and forth for like three weeks to court and they made him uh, get a, or they, the lady got a restraining order. And when she got the restraining order, he had to move out of the house. And he says, well, if you'll accept me back as, as my, as your husband, I'll come back. Me, stupid again, took him back this time. He started back up with that behavior. And I said, you know what, Tracy, 
there was two things. I had to make a choice. I said, one, do you want to have a warm bed with a man who don't love you and abuse you? Because mm-hmm. remember, during that five-year period, he bit me. He bit? Me, Wait a minute. Bit, bit, bit me, slapped me, kicked me, all kinds of stuff. So much. It was physical. It, it turned into, that's why I said it spiraled into physical abuse and all sorts oh, wow. of- wow. I am you know, so sorry you had to go through all this. You know? <laughs> It, look, look, I've learned, I've learned, you know, wow. and, and so when he, when he, when he came back he t- and he tells me he wanted to taste all the flavors of the white women, that's what he told me. And so he began to sleep around town and I live in a small 5,000 people town, you know, and once he slept around and did all of that, mm. went back to court, they couldn't find the lady because she had moved and they dismissed the case. Well, when they dismissed the case, and he and 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 he, you know, came back to the house or whatever. He said to me, he, he by this time he had started working, and he and I told him I said, okay, well now you know let's hit it, let's get these bills, you know. And every time it was time for him to you know pay bills um, for this one month period of time in August, he said to me, oh, I'm saving up my money to my ticket to go back home, and I'm like, but what does that have to do about the bills that you have already, you know? And so he says, well. I can pay the electricity bill, but everything else I won't be paying. I said, you know what? Those two things again. Hold One, on. Let me address something. Can my mm-hmm. admins block El Haji M. Ba, please? Ban him from the page. Thank you. Go ahead, Miss Tracy. Yeah. So the one was, do I want to be in a bed with a man who, who abuses me, but it's a warm bed because it's a body? Or do I want to, too, be alone have a cold bed but have my peace in mind and I Mm -hmm. said what I made my mind up I said you know what I don't care what he says what lie what what coercion whatever this is it and I had to make that decision and I put him out when I put him out um that was September 12th okay 2017 by November I get an email saying thank you Longot for your recent ticket purchase to fly Emirates right then and there bingo he's gone Mm. he left got out of this country he said he had a dream that he wasn't going to get his final papers it wasn't it wasn't that he had a dream the immigration contacted him okay because I reported him to all of the immigration but because he had that moral turpitude of the sexual assault they were not going to give him his paperwork and he Mm -hmm. knew it and so he got up hightailed it up out of here and and left in 2017 and I haven't had any dealings with him since then now yes he does contact me every year and when I moved to Kenya in March of last year he started the harassment again so narcissists they never go away they always will come back they'll try but I've made up my mind you know I'm smarter now I have a checkoff sheet that I go down the list to see you know Mm -hmm. do they this do they do this do they you know and and taking other people's story and testimonies and shows like you're doing I'm so thankful that you you know I I mean if I was there I would give you a big hug and a kiss (laughs) thank you you know you step out and done this and, and you're telling it in its entirety and it's raw you know you have the good like you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, I mean, yes, my- because all these marriages are not good. All of them are not bad. You know, things happen. And I don't always say that because two people's marriage in it, it was a scam. That's not mm-hmm. always the case. Sometimes two people just don't get along. Because exactly. when you're living apart 
from somebody that far away, you really don't get to experience each other like you need to. So when yeah. you come, they come here and you're living together, mm-hmm. that's when you find out, no, we're not compatible. This is not mm-hmm. going to work. So Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's so unfortunate that the K-1 um, is not approved at a higher rate than the SR-1. Because the K-1 gives you that that 90-day period to kind of think things over before you make that decision. But Mm -hmm. we see what they're doing with the Mm -hmm. K-1s. And so it's kind of putting people in a bind, you know? And, you know, and and, and I don't want to stomp on people, you know, on women, because a lot of women that are on these social platforms are older women. They're set in their ways. And, and they and set in their ways in terms of they're settled, they, they have houses, they have cars, they have a little bit of money or no money at all, but they're set and they're looking to retire, you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, so me and a lot of my friends, you know, I have Nigerian friends, Kenyan friends, I have like four or five different countries that I have friends in. And so we sit in, around and we talk about it. And, and, and the women, it, it, it happens to women of all ages, but in particular, it, my heart goes out to the women who are older in age. Mm-hmm. And there's this young boy after her because she's, she's looking for something. And, and this 30 year old boy, you know, mm-mm. he, he go, and, and especially if they can't have children, they will, they will tell you whatever they want to tell you to get over here. And then once they get over here, then it's, well, you can't have children for me, you know, mm-hmm. and they, and they knew this, you know, or you're too old. And so I tell all the young ones now, I said, look, no, we can't be together. I said, because right now my hair is black, you know, and an age hasn't set in, but in 10, 20 years from now, when my hair is white, how is the marriage going to survive then? You know, because they have their family to look up to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of times they don't want to tell their family that there's a 20 year age gap or 30 year age gap. You know, it's very rare, you know, and when 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 Debbie was on a few weeks ago, you know, my hat goes off to her, you know, because that's a risk and a chance that you take. It's a 50 50 risk anyway, mm-hmm. you know, but with, with such an age disparity, you know, it's a 50 50 risk, you know, and for those that want to do it, you know, you know, I'm pulling for you guys. But I want to just encourage the ladies, watch for the signs. Be realistic with yourself, you know, and say to yourself, okay, in 10 or 20 years, where am I going to be? Where is this man going to be? You know, mm-hmm. does he have children? Do, does his family know? Did, did he present me to the village? You know, just do your homework and your research. I'm encouraging everybody to please do that, you know, so. Okay. So, um. I think the admin is telling me that a lot of the questions got lost um, because they went up so far. If you had questions, can you please type those questions back in the comment for me? So, um, so how long did you two live together once he was here? Or did he leave this for the seven days, the two weeks or whatever time it was, came back and he left again? So y'all never just really lived together while he was here? I could say while in the if we look at it in the in the five year time span, I can say that we lived together possibly four months. Wow. Within five years. Because when he came here, after seven days, he left and he was gone and he just wandered around in this particular state and in the two states next to me 
and he would live in men's shelters with, and it would call me and say, oh, you got me here with the bed bugs. And I'm just like, you did that to yourself. You know, you did that to yourself. You were here in a warm house with food, you know, and clothes and whatnot. And you, 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 you took it for granted, you know, and to show you just how dedicated I was in the marriage, because I live in a cold climate, I know what it takes to survive here. When he came here, he came here to boots, hats, gloves, scarves, mm-hmm. jackets, the whole nine works. He just could just come right in and settle himself down and just work on finding employment. Because it's a small town, I know most of the business owners in this particular town. I got him a job. And a week before he was to start, he left. Wow. Mm-hmm. He left. So, and, and I did this every single time. So he came in what, 2015, he was here eight months. And out of the eight months, we possibly lived together maybe a month. Okay. Then he left. And in 2016, he came back and he was back to that crazy behavior again. It was probably another month mm-hmm. or two. Then yeah, yeah, a couple of months. Then in 2017, it was another two months. So yeah, it was possibly four, maybe five months at tops. I, I can't even say that it was a six, a good six months that we lived together accumulative in that whole period of time. That's terrible. It is. I am truly sorry that <laughs> you had to endure all that from that man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm going to look over bad. here and see what questions we have. At me. Yes, I'm here. Can you okay. hear me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one from Yolanda. Um, she was curious. She wanted to know, did you get any STD testing before you allow him to have intercourse with you? I did. Yes, I did. When we were there, I um, I wanted to be sure. You know, and so I, we both went together down to the local place and they do a a cheek swab. And so they swabbed our cheeks both. And he was so calm and composed about it, you know, and we got the test results back. I believe it was a matter of two hours. And, um, and, and after we got the, the negative results, then it was, you know, okay to go ahead with the marriage. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. I have one from Nisha. She wanted to know what tribe is he from? So uh, the tribe and I guess the country. The country is Kenya and the tribe is Kalenjin. Kalenjin tribe. And they're they're known as the running tribe because they're known here in America and all over the world to run. Mm -hmm. So they're very tall and they run. They're runners. Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. I have one from Alexandra. Um, She wanted to know, do you think that that he would feel some distrust from you asking for his sibling's ID? No, he was willing to give whatever information I needed in order to convince me. Any information to convince me. Okay. I have another one from Rosie. 
she said, why did he not get prosecuted for domestic violence? So the when he did that first biting to me, I took him to, well, I, I was at the hospital that particular day because I had some tests that needed to be done. And so when he bit me, I went in, you know, did the test, came back out, and I drove down to the police Okay. And this was within maybe a couple of days after he was here. And so I walked into the police department and I told the officer, I said, you know, officer, my husband is here from the, from, you know, another country. And I'm not quite sure if he um, don't really know how to, that, that we um, don't allow domestic violence. I said, but could you talk to him a moment, kind of give him like a scare tactic. And so the officer says, yes, I will. So he went to the car and he told him, he says, bro, step out the car. He says, here in America, we don't hit our wives. We don't abuse them. He says, we can talk to them. We can have disagreements and whatnot, but we don't hit them. He says, if I hear one more time that you have hit your wife, I'm going to put you in jail. And then, of course, when I got home, my, my, my boys said, hey, bro, let me talk to you a minute. <laughs> you put your hands on my mama one more time. And guess what? We're going to bury you in the backyard. <laughs> so, yeah, so he didn't get, he didn't get prosecuted because I didn't... Um, I didn't push the issue, you know, with, with the police during that particular time. Okay, okay. Illinois wanted to know, was abuse not grounds for his deport back to his country? Essence, you want to know that the domestic violence, wasn't that grounds for him to be back deported? No, because because he, you know, when we marry them, we transfer our stat status to them, so they are kind of treated like Americans. And since I, since since he had gone through and and gotten his green card and his work permit and his travel permit, he was free to do as he wanted. So it, it wasn't enough. And and once you immigration, the the thing with USCIS is because we have the HIPAA laws here, they can't even tell you what's wrong with your husband or his stuff, whatever stuff it is, whether you go to the hospital, unless he gives permission. So they give them more rights here in our own country than we have in our own country. So it was not enough to, yeah, it wasn't enough to the domestic violence because he hadn't, he hadn't done any any moral turpitude, which is like high, like FBI type stuff, you know, mm-hmm. drug trafficking, child trafficking, you know, stuff like that, you know. So it was just like he was would have been treated just like he was another American citizen, whereas they would have put him in prison and I mean in jail and and he would have went, you know, before the judge or whatever. So no, it wasn't enough to to do that. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, and even even now, when it comes to the 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 I eight sixty four, which is that sponsorship form, you're mm-hmm. stuck. Once you sign that paperwork, you are stuck for those ten years. Divorce doesn't do away with it; only death. <laughs> are them permanently going back to their their country? Are yep. they work those ten years, those forty yep. Quarter uh, quarters month. that they want them to yep. work? Yep. Other even filing bankrupt won't release you from it. Nope, because all of his bills I still have. See? Oh, wow. And the only reason why I 
I don't pay them is because they haven't come after me. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were to go into court and, and do a petition to ask uh, to freeze all my assets, then guess what? I'd be in the hole for over 20,000. Wow. Over 20,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got what this is 2022. So I've got a few more years. About three more years before I'm wow. Yeah. So that thing is serious. That thing is serious. All right, right. Uh, I know Yolanda had another question. If she can hear me to retype, I think she had two questions. I missed one. But I, in the meanwhile, I have a question for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, among the, you know, in the wives groups, uh, there's talk that uh, the inexperience, um, the inexperience with uh, African men when it comes to intimacy. Do you think uh, is how do us wives? Because it sounds like your husband didn't want you to teach him, and he got to. How, how do you think the wives should come across in letting them know? That, that they're not being pleased yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that they're you, not you being that, pleased sexually it, right because this is a big thing in the wise groups this is not just one or two african men it's a large percentage of Af- african men is inexperienced sexually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just don't know what to do mm-hmm. so so let me ask that question with a question okay so so the question is, are they really inexperienced or are they just playing games? Especially when you have those ones that had children. And so one particular year, this was in 2016, he, when he decided that he was going to go back, um, so, yeah, that was 2015, sorry, 2015, that he was going to go back to Kenya. We had gotten separated because he was just doing the most. We, I think we've separated maybe three or four times within this five-year period of time. And so one particular time he was staying, he was, we had separated just briefly, okay? And he was staying with one of the church elders. He told me he was going back to Kenya, but he wanted to come and visit me and spend the night. And do you know it was the best sex ever? Oh, all night long, three, okay. four times. Wow. And all, uh, all, all of that, you, you know, because he would tell me things like well, he couldn't touch in certain places because it went against his conscience and he didn't know what to do. But guess what? I never, he didn't, he wouldn't allow me to teach him. But guess what? All of a sudden, all the, all the, the stuff that he said that, I mean, all the teaching that I was trying to give him, that he wouldn't allow me mm-hmm. to give him, how mm-hmm. did he become knowledgeable? He already right. knew. Yeah. He knew how to touch certain places. He, he already knew. <laughs> he and that's knew. why that's she's trying to tell mm-hmm. these women that when these men are acting this way with them, that's a red flag mm-hmm. because they yeah. do know. Yeah. And, and you know what? He also would put me on fire. So he would come over to the house and get me all worked up and then leave. Or he would, or while we were living together, he would work me up and he would come five minutes and say, I don't need it anymore. Oh, I don't need it anymore. You know? And then I would say, well, please, you know, and he would, he would 
okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, he would do this. And, and this was a way to keep me um, at his beck and call because he knew what we wanted. Men, our husbands, they know. Girl, go buy you want. some toys, honey. When they get up, <laughs> they, they know what we want. They know how, even if they have a, a ignorant sense of what it is that we personally want. He men know how to please women if they want to. And if they really want to do and that's a and fact please you, they will allow you to teach them whatever. They will say, babe, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. What can I do? How can I make it more interesting? You know, whether it's a toy or whether it's my hand or whatever, they will go above and beyond Most what definitely. they need to do in order to please their wife when they're in it for the right reasons. Yep. Sex should yeah. never be one-sided in a marriage where only yeah. the husband is being satisfied and not the wife exactly. and only the wife is being satisfied and not the husband. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It is, right. you know? And so, so that's why I asked him a question for him because mm-hmm. unless Thank he's you. from some village where, I mean, I've even seen it in the, in the villages you know, in the Maasai community where the men there and they're so primitive, even they know how to please their wives, mm-hmm. you know? Oh. So I, I don't buy this bit about, I don't know how to please you do something. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Do something. And, and, you know, and he would, <laughs> which is I try to do something, <laughs> do mm-hmm. something, you know, and he would, <laughs> when, when he would lick, he would, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay. You know, like a dog. And I would say, oh, so, you know, but I would take that over nothing. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't believe that they don't know. Now they may not know each woman, what she likes, you know, and that's yeah, just a matter of yeah. saying, honey, what do you like? You know, exactly. you, but, but to know nothing, how you have kids, right. you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Now, yeah okay. I don't buy that at this point. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now Yolanda and Rosie asked the same question because I wanted to get Yolanda's uh, other question in. It says um they, they both asked the same question. What would you do differently looking back mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have married you. <laughs> Simple. I wouldn't have married I mean, and, and and to say, you know, what would I do? I mean, there's a list mm-hmm. of things. I mean, and I've mentioned them throughout this whole podcast mm-hmm. of the things mm-hmm. of where I didn't, you know, check. But even still, I've seen people do those things, and still, yeah. it was just not a. It was just not the man that 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 I was supposed to marry. Period. I wouldn't have married him. So that's simple. Cut. So what being through all that <laughs> with this man, would you? Are you open to being with another African man? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what Alexander asked. That as, is another crazy, <laughs> as crazy as I am, I've been talking to a few. Okay. But guess what? From, from up front, I let them know my experience of what I've went through and I'm not playing no games. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when, I, when I'm in various groups or, or single groups or whatever, I tell them, I give them one month. Okay, I have a time frame in my own mind. Mm-hmm. I give them one month, and within that one month is to get to know them generally because you can never know them until you get them in the house with you. Mm-hmm. But if they're in my inbox and they are obsessive and they're constantly in there, in there every day, all day, red flag. Mm-hmm. Okay, secondly, if you're 30 years old, nope, ain't going there. 
because I can't have no more children. And like you, Miss Tina, don't want no more. Don't want no more. <laughs> my, my, my baby turned 21 and I did the happy dance last year. I don't want no more. <laughs> don't want no more. My you nerves know? too bad for kids. Yep. And if, and, if, and if I can't meet your parents up front, you know, and, and I got to know that them is your parents because- and the not wife, some paid pr- uh, parents. Paid yes. parents. Wait a minute. And the, they, and the sister that helped you get dressed at your wedding, that's the wife. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's the yeah. wife. <laughs> so, I mean, there are many things that I will, will do and, and what I take them through. So I, I tell them, if you, you know, if you under 10 years younger than me, uh-uh. If you ain't had no children, uh-uh. And if you a certain age, no, uh-uh, we ain't going there. So we can be friends, we can talk, but we can't get into a love relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking from this podcast and other places, you know, and even in, you know, in, 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 in the groups that I'm in and even in my own group, as the ladies come in and they share their stories and whatnot, I'm gleaning information from each one and I'm able to measure that up with the type of man and I let them know up front now of course you still won't know until you get there and meet them mm-hmm. and so even if I find someone that may uh that that my heart may connect with I still want to go over there and one thing that's important ladies take your time well you're brave because honey if something was to happen know. between me and this African man I'm married to that's a wrap <laughs> <laughs> I ain't look, going look. back to Africa. I'm gonna stay in my lane and stick to what <laughs> I know. Okay. I said I'm I said I'm open. Don't mean I'm gonna marry. I ain't you even open I mean? to it. It's not even another <laughs> option for me. Right. Don't get me wrong. I, just, I love my know, husband. I love but, Kenyans. Mm-mm. I love Kenyan men. Mm-mm. I do. I love okay. Kenyan men. But but you know, I'm I'm open to love again. If it happens here in the US, I'm gonna jump at it. But if for some reason, you know, it happens over there, I want to know your mother, your father, and guess what? The doctor that delivered you. (laughs) Now, I have a question since you said that, Tracy. Uh If if it's one here, because we have applicants here on school visa, work visa, possibly a visitor visa. Uh, But if it happened here, do you think you still have to go to the homeland and see who mother, father, sister, and the doctor delivered them? Absolutely. I mean, that that doesn't change. That does not change. Yep. That's that's it for all the questions. We don't have any more questions, though? No, you you asked the last one. (laughs) (laughs) It was typed up, but you literally asked the last one. (laughs) Oh, did I? Yes, you did. <laughs> mhm, mhm. I heard it when you said so. Yeah, oh, take your okay. time, ladies. That's all I can yeah. encourage you guys to say. Get to know these men, you know. And if they're for you, they're gonna be there. Where are they gonna go? You know, they're in their country. You know, they're scrapping for their everyday survival. You know, and I tell the women all the time, if they can't take care of you while they're in their country and you go and visit them and let them set up the place that you're going to be and your food expenses and all that, then guess what? How are they going to take care of you in your country? Here in America, it's expensive here, you know? And so, and if they're not willing to do it in their own country, you know, the first, my, 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 I call her my spiritual mother. She told me, she says, Trace, she says, 
this is one advice that I want to give you. She says, within the first six months, you examine the relationship. The way he treats you within the first six months will be the way he'll treat you for the life of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I take that as counsel. You know, I take that as counsel. And so, yeah, I, I would consider it, but, you know. <laughs> well, Miss Tracy, it has been a pleasure having you all here. Yeah. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview you and to interview you and yes. to all of our guests. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Lampo Show podcast. If you an American woman and you are dated, engaged to, married, divorced from, or have been scammed from a man from the continent of Africa, please send a request to be on our show at info.thelampostshow at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on Anchor and Spotify and Amazon Music and a few more. If you go on our page, you will see the post there with all the platforms, okay? So again, Ms. Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time, time. (laughs) bye-bye. Bye.